All right, Satan and his angels. Number one, remember that Satan's most unique work is to convince people that he what? Does not exist. And that's why, that's why when you hear, you don't need to give the preacher or the teacher a hard time when he preaches about it or teaches about it. Because, I mean, I understand it's, I get the fact that it's, that it's uncomfortable. I get the fact that what the Bible teaches is uncomfortable and the fact that, that Christianity is, is exclusive. I mean, nobody else but Christians go to heaven. Uh, Christ taught that. We're not teaching anything that Jesus did not teach. He said that he is the what? The way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So if you do not accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible teaches us that you go to hell for all eternity. So the best strategy that Satan can have in this world is to try to keep, to keep himself out of preaching and teaching and to keep hell out of preaching and teaching. So people forget that he exists. Because if he doesn't exist, do you have to worry about him? No, exactly, okay? So that's his number one strategy is to convince people that he does not exist. Satan does exist as the leader of the fallen angels. Jesus spoke of the devil and his angels identifying them together. In the beginning of the history of man, we see Satan in defiance of God and in harassment of man, but we know that in the end, Satan shall be utterly and forever destroyed. Amen? Amen, that's a good thing. The sinister reality is revealed to us progressively in Scripture, becoming more numerous and more defined as the prophecies of Christ are given and as he appears as the, inc- as the incarnate Christ. So what, he, what he means there is, is that the clarity of the theology of the existence of Satan and hell and the demonic is much more pronounced and much more clear in the New Testament than it is the Old. Would you agree with that? Okay, that's, that's what he means by that statement. And Colton, when I'm done with this one, you take over the next one. Sure. So the battle between Christ and Satan started back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. If you don't, if, you, if that doesn't mean anything to you, take your Bible and circle that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It's very important because that's where it started. At that particular time in Genesis 3, 15, that was, that was in the context of the judgment of God on humanity. And he basically said that one day Satan was going to strike at Christ's heel, but that, but that he, the, 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 uh, the seed of the woman, was going to crush his head or bruise his head, which means he's going to kill Satan and render him powerless. Okay, yeah. So that, that is a good thing. Satan is like a what? Roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and I wanted to point out to you just just the fact that you mentioned Genesis uh, 3.15. I think it's one of the the most important verses when we talk about this. Okay, everybody go there. Colton's taking us to Genesis 3.15, so if you've got a Bible, go there. Yeah, please go there because it is so All the way to the front of your Bible, first couple of pages. Yeah, and and I want you to see in verse 14, so look at your Bibles. In verse 14, who is he talking to? He is talking to the serpent, to Satan. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Lord God said to the serpent, which is the, the proxy Satan. Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your, your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now right there in that moment, interwoven in the curse that God places on Satan, he says there will be war yep. between you, not, not between fellow man, He says there will be war, and we know there is war between fellow man, but there will be war between you and the woman. And I think that often we see um, the the emissaries of evil, the the people who who are following the principalities of the air. We see that in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, you once walked uh, following the principalities of the air. Satan. Mm -hmm. We followed Satan at one point. We obeyed him as our master. This is why Jesus said, no, 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 you follow, your, your father is the devil. He says this to the Pharisees, right? The religious leaders. He said, that's who you're following. That's who you're aiming to please. 
And so we see this war all throughout the, the, the chapters of history between the seed of Satan and the seed of God's godly followers. Uh, and, and who is the representative of the offspring uh, that this promise flows through? Uh, after, after Abel died, who's the representative? Not Cain. Seth. Seth. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, Seth, right? And mm -hmm. Seth carries along this godly seed. And so it's, it's, it's of paramount importance that we see that and we recognize again who the enemy is and the fact that and, and this is a double dynamic we always need to notice, okay? And then we'll move on. Um, when we see evil in the world, we should, we should feel two things. We should feel pity because truly the people in the world who do evil are enslaved to sin. Uh, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us that, that Satan comes and he blinds the eyes. He blinds the minds of the unbelievers so that they can't see. So in one sense, they're blinded, they're enslaved, they're held in captivity, and so we should weep over that. And then in the other sense, we don't condone sin, right? We don't tolerate sin, we don't condone sin. We, we love those people who are struggling in sin, and yet the way we love them is that we tell them the truth. We reveal the truth to them in, in hopes and prayer that their eyes will be opened and they will see the light of the glory of God in Christ Jesus. And so this is how we fight our battle, right? Is through proclaiming the truth of Christ. But I think it's so cool that we see that's traced all the way, like Shelby said, all the way back to Genesis. Well, and the other thing is, is just remember this. I mean, the conflict, the conflict that we are seeing play out in front of our very eyes today began right there. Yeah. You understand? I mean, that, that and you have to believe that because... There's two worldviews that you can have, right? There is a secular worldview, which is based on in, in atheism and based on the fact that we're just an accident, that there's no purpose to life. What's the other worldview that exists? A biblical worldview that says God created everything. We're not an accident. We are one of a kind creation. God loves us. He's intimately involved and so forth. And so if we have a biblical worldview about life, we believe every word of the Bible is true, and we believe the source of the conflict that we deal with on a daily basis in real time today began right here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And, and something else that just needs to, needs to be said tonight, and I think that if you hear nothing else, I think you need to hear this. Um, being in ministry for the very short time that I've been in ministry, but praise God, he's allowed me to be in ministry for this length of time, I know, I feel certain about this, I'm convinced without a shadow of a doubt that one of the main primary weapons that Satan is using is to attack our families. Oh yeah. He Absolutely. is going after our families relentlessly and ruthlessly because he knows if he can tear apart the family dynamic and the family structure, he has torn apart the building blocks of society. He has torn apart the very thing that would allow children to be under a roof that would be healthy, that they can learn about Christ and grow up in Christ. They have a, a far better chance of doing that. I'm just going to tell you right now, when I was the youth pastor back in the day when I was the youth pastor here, I mean, we're talking about five to six years ago, almost every child that I saw come through our doors and I could just tell they had major struggles. I almost, I got to the point where I almost didn't have to ask anymore, but I just, I just simply asked about their family situation, divorce, father left home, you name it, living with grandparents. And I, it, it made me weep. Mm -hmm. It made me weep because I knew that, that I, I could see it right before my eyes that Satan is trying to destroy our families so that he can destroy their witness. And so I just, yeah. If you hear anything else today, and so here's the thing I want to encourage you with that. We are the house of God. We are a family. Um, when you committed to be a member here, and there are other families who committed to be members here, they are your family. And if there's a family member in need, who needs some good rearing, as we call it, who needs to see Christ, who needs a little mercy and love, maybe they need a little tough love, you know? I mean, we are a family together. And so... 
you know, now do it in, a, in an appropriate means, you know, don't go, <laughs> don't go disciplining a child without, you know, talking with parents and seeing what, you know, like, hey, you know, I've noticed that there's some issues here. How can we help? That's a good way to approach it, right? But we work as a family together. You have a family again here. And I think that's why youth love to come here because they were like, I feel like I have a family again. And so anyway, I, I just felt like I had to say that, like the yeah. Lord was like, Say it, say it. So we did. Um, okay, so Satan uh, was a created being. Don't let him fool you into thinking he wasn't. He's a created being. Uh, Satan was created as the greatest of all the angelic host. And we see that in Ezekiel twenty-eight fifteen. He was given the heavenly title Lucifer, uh, son of the morning, Isaiah fourteen twelve, uh, which is symbolic of his estate in heaven. Uh, through Isaiah, God addressed him by his heavenly title, Lucifer. Through Ezekiel, God addressed him by the earthly title, King of Tyrus, symbolizing the lowest depth of moral depravity. And so just some interesting facts about our enemy. These titles express the highest of all creative power and the lowest depth of uh, pomp and pride as that of Tyre. Okay, so who was Satan? Originally, Satan was a what? Yes, a, a, a cherub, a holy, good cherub. Okay, so, so God did not create Satan, did not create an evil angel. Does everybody understand that? God created him good and he rebelled. That's what happened, okay? All right, keep going. Colton, you're doing fine. Um, Satan, uh, yeah, yeah, going along I with Satan's scripture right being. there. Yeah. yeah, and this is good. Uh, so in Ezekiel uh, 28, 12 through 15, God uh, goes beyond the king of Tyre, to speak to Satan. Mm -hmm. Son of man, uh, rise and, uh, uh, I'm sorry, raise a lament over the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you are the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, sardis, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, and uh, carbuncle. And crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. Yeah, now, of course, the, the, the mo modern interpreters try to say that that's not describing you know, Satan, but who else could that be? <laughs> I mean, you were in Eden, the garden of God. I mean, it sounds like it's going way, you know, way back uh, to the time of the garden of Eden. So what, what most, most interpreters see this as is that the king of Tyre was a wicked king, a wicked Gentile king. And so it was the power, the evil power behind the king of Tyre was who? Was Satan. And so, so it's a personification of Satan, but it, but, it's, but it serves dual purposes. Yes, the king of Tyre was really evil, but the power behind him was Satan. So that, yeah. that, that's just the mystery of how the word of God was, was given to us in the prophetic literature. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just fascinating. Yeah, it's incredible. Okay. Yeah, we can go on here. Um, is that the same slide? Genesis 3, 14, 15. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Genesis 3, 14 through 15. The Lord God said to the serpent, uh, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And yep. we see in Matthew 16, 23, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are, uh, you are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. Now, see right there, uh, he's given you evidence that, I mean, when, when Jesus was talking to Peter, I mean, was Peter Satan? No, but Peter was being influenced by Satan. So it's the same as, as, what, as like what Ezekiel prophesied about the king of Tyre. The king of Tyre himself was not Satan, but the power that was influencing the king of Tyre was Satan. So he spoke to Satan through the king of Tyre. Do y'all see that? 
So he spoke to he spoke to Satan through Peter because Peter was being influenced. And by I think him. that same comparison happens with uh, the king of Babylon yes. and uh, and Satan as well. Yes. So we see that same comparison happen again. Uh, and then we have Isaiah fourteen twelve here. Um, how you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. You are uh, how you are cut down to the ground. You who laid the nations low. Lots of amazing yeah, so things. Satan was Lucifer, son of the morning, and Lucifer means day star or light bearer. Uh, and of course, we know that Paul, I believe, I think it's in this, but Second Corinthians, he says that Satan will masquerade as an angel of what? Light. Exactly. So Satan masquerades as the truth. Satan masquerades as God. That is because that is what Lucifer was. Lucifer was this, this mighty, righteous, good, holy angel that then fell. So he knows, he knows what goodness what? Looks like. He knows what, it, what goodness is. He knows what righteousness is. But his, but his motivations and his heart is what? Evil. Exactly. So he knows how to pretend to be godly, but yet be wicked. And that's like the biggest deception ever. And if I can just make a comment Play, there. Make any comments you want. What you said. That's what we're here for, man. You know, I, I laugh along with other people and they say, let's kick Satan in the teeth. Send them back to hell where he came from. I mean, I, I laugh and I think that's, you know, funny and I love it too. But when, when we really think about it, we should be, and again, I think that's a... Um, that's a we're we're not assessing how powerful our enemy actually is. I think those statements kind of lead us to think that Satan's just this little you know, little barky yappy dog or something like that, uh, you know, with a with a forked tail and that kind of thing. Um, when he's very powerful, and, and and I emphasize that again to say I, we have a more powerful God. Amen. Amen. And I think that we as very weak individuals. We, the best thing that we can do is cry out to God and ask for his help and his power and his strength to defeat the enemy. Um, I think we need to be very careful sometimes in how we talk about, um, you know, beings that are holy and beings that used to be holy um, because they really truly are actively involved in this world and they really truly are uh, waging war for our souls and I think that we need to, if we're going to say anything, let our plea be, God, please, greater are you that's in me than he who is in the world. And I know you, you've already really delivered the death blow to Satan. And now the way I put it is he's bleeding out. The cross was the death blow, right? Yep. And now he's just bleeding out and buying his time, okay? And God, I know that's true. Please, Lord, give me the strength to resist Satan in this moment. Thank you, Jim, for closing that, by the way. People are being blinded. Lynn? <laughs> Absolutely. You can. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Just mm -hmm. just don't rebuke storms. Just go to the storm shelter. <laughs> when the storm comes, go. I mean, you can rebuke it, but 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 rebuke it from the storm shelter. St Stephen, you had something? I believe that. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, far, man, as far as we know, yeah. We we I mean, the Bible does not give us a tremendous amount of information there as far as that's concerned. Um, but but I would say yes, or, or we wouldn't be dealing with the situation with them that we are. I think so. I, we, we talked about, and there were some good scriptures read last week. I think it was out of 1 Timothy or something like that, where uh, it does reference uh, elect angels and mm -hmm. talks about that. And so um, to be real honest with you, my plea last week was, you know, we, we read and put a lot of scripture into this, but obviously we're not going to hit every single little scripture we could hit. Um, but I do think there is... I'll say it this way, there is nothing, no being in this created sphere, which is everything, right, other than God, he's the only one not created, that is outside of God's control. Correct. Well, we, we, we can't, if we were to say that, then we would acknowledge that, okay, like Satan, would have some uh, un, other power that God has no authority over. Even, even when you look at Job, and Job is a really good instance of this, Satan, in his, in his free will, he came 
uh, before the council of God, and don't even ask me to begin to explain how all of that works, okay? Because <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. But he appears before the council of God, and God asks him where he's roaming and to and fro in the earth and that kind of thing. And, uh, and God brings up Job. And he says, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan's like, well, you know, God, if you, if you would take your hand of protection off of him, then, then I could do some real harm to him, and he'd curse you to your face. And so Satan's throwing out the challenge here, and God's just like, okay, well, don't touch his flesh, but, but affect everything else, and, and we'll see. I mean, God already knew the, the end story. He knew what was going to happen, and, but he allowed Satan to have his day and try his test, and it didn't work. And so I think, realistically, in that moment, you see God's sovereignty at work, and yet you see Satan enacting his will, trying to thwart the purposes of God. And obviously he failed and he will. He's doomed to fail, praise God, right? But I think, I think we have to hold that dual perspective in mind. God's sovereignty and yet, yes, I think he was, he, he wanted to tempt Job to curse God. So I, that's, that's never, we're never going to have a fully satisfactory answer on that, but Right, yeah, I, I think um, it's hard. It's hard to say because here's the other thing. In, in one sense, they are otherly beings and I think the reason that we know that for sure is that all of the men who are born sons and daughters of man are affected by the brokenness of the fall. Every single one of us, we see that from David, uh, from Psalm 51, right? That from my womb, from my mother's womb, I was a transgressor, right? And, and this is that long line of inheritance that we received from our, our first forefather, uh, Adam. And, and the angels, they don't have that same paradigm. You know what I'm saying? Like they actually can still function fully. I don't know if the word perfectly is what I want to use. I mean, scripture actually just used that. So in their perfection. So in a sense, the angels, they have a an ability, I could say, I mean, I think we can see that from the text, where they have the ability to choose not to sin. <laughs> I, 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 I think I, you see that. Yeah, well, that, that's just the one thing I was going to say, was that the, the, two, the two letters in the New Testament that give you probably more information about angels than, I mean, or the most information would be Jude and Second Peter. And in Second Peter chapter 2, it says, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world and so forth. So, I mean, yes, they chose to rebel against God. I, I don't understand that. I mean, I don't, I don't think the Bible gives us enough to understand the inner workings of how angels think. Um, so, and they're spirits, they so are. they don't have... Is there sin in heaven? No. no. I mean, that's why they were cast out. No, that's why they were cast out, because they rebelled. Yeah, mm. yes. thing I would say, you know, being before the presence of God, and that's what we're trying to get to, right? You know, we're trying to get to the presence of God because, and, and ultimately, when I say trying, 
what I mean really is by eyes of faith through Christ, right? We're, we're, we're anticipating, I should say it that way, we're anticipating being in the presence of God because of what Christ did. I, you know, I think generally when we talk about a cursing, I think it's any kind of like, and honestly, I haven't done the Greek behind this in this moment, so I'm just simply saying any kind of punishment from God pronounced upon a being, an individual, whether that be a human or an angel, whatever. Um, and I would say being cast down from heaven and saying you are no longer permitted in the same way you were, because again, I, I don't understand how the Job moment happens. I, I don't get that, okay? So don't come ask me. Go ask a really smart scholar somewhere. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that that would definitely be in the realm of the curse, like he's been cursed in the sense of like, you are thrust out of heaven. You know, you are no longer uh, considered a holy angel he's of the an Lord. Enemy. The, he's yeah, now yeah, an you're, enemy. You're now, you are an enemy of the Lord. Right. And I think that's maybe why you even see him try to thwart God's purposes and his plans with Adam and Eve. Um, certainly, everything that we see Satan do is just a mockery of what God has made. Yeah, that's and who what, God is. I mean, I mean, you can drive yourself crazy try, trying to trying to figure all that out. The, this is the way the way I've been at peace with it forever. Is that Luther said this, and ever since I read this, it like stuck in my brain. Even the devil is God's devil. Mm. How's that sound to you? You like that? Yeah. He can't do anything. Satan can do nothing outside of God's sovereignty. And with the evidence of that is in the book of Job. He could not touch Job unless God gave him permission to do so. Okay? Now that's both comforting and troubling, but that's where we are. We, we, don't, we, don't have, we don't have much more than that to understand in, the, in that heavenly realm how things operate. We just, we, just, we, just, we just don't know. Does anybody have a follow-up comment or know something different they want to share? Lynn, Chuck? Where, where is it in the Bible that, it, that you mentioned that Satan was good and then the devil? Well, well, we, just, we just read it in Ezekiel. No, Ezekiel 28. Mm -hmm. right, right, right up there on the screen. He was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Ezekiel 28, 12. So in the, in the, so in the and, and this is somewhat complicated, okay, and, I, and I'm not saying that, that in all of this, we are finite human beings trying to understand something that is going on in the heavenly realms, okay? So you're probably not going to be satisfied completely and have all your questions answered totally, which is why we're having this series, Hard Questions, because it's, they're just hard. But when Ezekiel was prophesying during his time, there was a king, a Gentile king of Tyre. So Ezekiel prophesied against this evil king, but through the king of Tyre, he was also speaking to Satan and describing how at one time you were this beautiful cherub, but now you have been cast down low. Does that make sense? Okay. So, so at one time, at one time, he was an honorable, good angel. Okay, then like Stephen's question, so they have free will to sin? As far as we know, the Bible certainly, certainly uses the term sin, and we know that sin comes from a, a choice that is contrary to God's will. That's what sin is. So they committed sin, he committed sin, and he also caused a whole bunch of other angels to come right along with him, and then God threw them all out of heaven to the earth. And when you look at Genesis chapter 1 through 3, most people believe that, that Revelation chapter 12, when it talks about the serpent and all, the third of the angels were cast down, most theologians believe that that was a pre-cosmic casting of the evil angels out of heaven to the earth. But that's all we have. So we can't speculate more than that because when you speculate more than that, you, you, you can get into some erroneous mm -hmm. theology that really can drive you crazy and, and yeah. make you kind of get into la-la land. No, no. Simon same, Peter, same, same Peter. It was the, it was that, mm -hmm. it was when, when Peter confessed Jesus as the Christ, and then right after that, Jesus tried, tried to tell him that they were, he was going to have to go to Jerusalem and be, and suffer at the hands of the religious leaders, be rejected by the religious leaders, and then die. And Peter said, no, this will not happen to you, Lord. And Jesus was like, get behind me, Satan. 
For you are not thinking like God, but you are thinking like man. Because Peter did not understand that in order for Jesus to pay for his sin and everybody else's, he had to go to Jerusalem and be crucified. So, so Peter, so just like the king of Tyre, okay, as Ezekiel was speaking to Satan through the king of Tyre, Jesus was, speak, was speaking to Satan through Peter. Gadarene man. So he was possessed, the Gadarene. Sure, yeah, sure. The legion, the garrison, yeah, yeah. garrison demon. spoke through him to the demon. Right, that's right. Also, in the, in the temple, not in the temple, but in the synagogue, the, uh, the, they were talking to uh, another man, spoke up and said, you know, said that Jesus was the Son of God right. and the Holy One. And right. He told him to. Be quiet. Well, he wasn't talking to the man. He was talking to Satan. Right. Through that. Man. That's right. So exactly. Examples of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. That it? Okay. Yep. Lynn Lanham, please get that man the microphone. He's had his hand up the whole time. We're trying to keep you from talking, Lynn. That's all we're doing. That's a joke. Okay. Jesus, uh, and I'm not sure which of the uh, Gospels it's in, but where he was, I think, talking with Peter, and he says, uh, the, uh, Satan desires to sift you. Yeah, that's... So he Luke. knew what was going on. Uh, that, that Jesus is... did in the lives not only of his disciple, but also that Satan was desiring to sift him. That is actually a fantastic... That is Luke twenty two thirty one, 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that goes to what somebody was talking about earlier. I think it was... Uh, Tony, you and Lisa, before we started tonight, uh, he says um, in Luke twenty-two thirty-one, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So what's he talking about? How was he sifted? What did Peter do? I mean, what's Peter famous for? Denying Jesus how many times? Right, three times. So that's what he's talking about. During that time frame when Jesus was arrested and and beat up and persecuted and then Peter was in the courtyard of the the priestly family and that little Jewish maid came up and antagonized, are you one of them? Are you one? No, it's not me. I don't know the man. Like three times. Remember that we did that? And then what happened? What crowed? Right. And then he crumbled because he knew Jesus had prophesied that. Yeah. And so that, that's, you know, so. You know, a really interesting thing about that text, too, is that he says, Jesus says that Satan has requested to sift you like wheat. Now, that's interesting because how, how did Satan make his request to Jesus? Yeah. You know, interesting thought. I mean, was it that in his prayer times at 4 a.m. in the morning, hey, look, if you want to bolster your prayer time, I mean, look, just follow Jesus' model, 4 o'clock in the morning. Anyone doing that? I'm not. Praise God. Okay. I'm not going to. I'm going to be praying in my bed in my dreams. Uh, but, but at some point, I, and, and again, this is one of those things that we're not given from the text, you know, but at some point, a conversation went down. Whether it was that God knew, uh, that God the Father knew, and in those prayer times, he let Jesus know and... Uh, Jesus just discerned and knew from his being God the Son. We don't know for sure, but that's, right. that's another interesting thing right. about the text. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. This is my version. Thank you. Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you hmm. versus what other part of you he might. I mean, is that all? What, tra- what translation is that? Uh, just curious. NIV. NIV, okay. I, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't parsed, uh, you know, you could be plural or singular, so I, I, I don't know. But if the NIV, what, what, year, what year NIV is that? Well, there's that? the Greek word for all there, so I mean, I... Oh, it's on, it's on the app. Okay. You don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's not, I don't know if it's there, but... Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it could have been, I mean, because they were all... I mean, they all went through persecution uh, from the crucifixion. I mean, after the crucifixion, we know that. So, I mean, technically, they were all sifted. But, but I, you, know, you know, the point here that, that you need to be encouraged about, because this could be deeply troubling to somebody that's never heard this before. So, so what do you mean that, 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 that Satan and Jesus 
that Jesus communicated and that, that Satan came to him and asked him to sift me. But, but, he, but here's, here's the thing that that's, that's you have to always cling to, and this is the scripture that you always go to, and hear me on this. This is straight from my heart to yours. If you are a child of God, nothing befalls you that has not flown through, that, that has not gone through the sovereignty of God, okay? I mean, God even knows when you're going to sin. He knows when you're going to sin, and, and, and the, the provision of God's grace is there. Now, that doesn't mean that you set out thinking, oh, well, I've got God's grace, so I'm going to sin. Paul will say, what does he say to that? Absolutely not, God forbid. If yeah. you think like that, chances are you have a very perverted understanding of the gospel and probably don't understand the gospel. But the fact of the matter is, Romans eight twenty eight. say it with me, all things work together for what? for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So if, so if Satan has been allowed to sift you, God has somehow deemed what? That's good for you. Have you ever been through a, a, a tumultuous time as a Christian? I'm talking about where you don't understand why this is happening. Why am I being persecuted? Why is this happening to me? I mean, chances are that's, that's part of what's happened. Okay, just to your question. Am I doing that? Who's doing that? I don't know. We're having okay. some mic issues tonight. Okay. Just to your question, in the, if you, promotion for a minute, uh, promotion time. If you don't have the Logos app and you want to go just a little bit deeper sometimes in your study of scripture, it is super easy and this is all free as far as I know uh, when I download it. You just download it. It uh, looks like a little, you can't probably see it, this little blue Bible with a like scope, microscope kind of thing there. Um, Logos, uh, L-O-G-O-S. Uh, and it has, right here it says, the Greek word translated you uh, is plural here, referring to all of the disciples. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, and those are the kind of notes that you'll get from studying the Greek and uh, seeing that. So, um, and if, no, it's, a, it's an app. I've got an app, but you, it is a website as well. Yeah, L-O-G-O-S. Yeah, yeah. Logos. Logos. Yeah. Like the, and like the, the Bible word. Hub, I think, is also free, and, and you've got other versions, but you can look up the Greek, yeah. which is what I'm doing right now as well. But Ryan, so, Lynn, Lynn Lanham has his hand up again. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, did exactly what he, what he told him to do. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. The <laughs> if Bible's, I know to correct you. In Job, it says, it says that the sons of God came before him to, to kind of give him a report, give God a report of their activities. And Satan came with them. Right. And now this is like, a, like an executive council of angels, Could I be. guess. But if Satan, is, if Satan is a created angel mm-hmm. and he's fallen, mm-hmm. When he, according to the scripture, he still has access to God like all the other angels do. To, to, to a degree, yes. To a degree. But he does not still have the same status that he once did no, as, a, as a no, holy angel. But he yeah. has access to where sure. he to, can to come God. before yes. God and, and ask his questions. And, and, and God would well, listen he ha- to he, I mean, he has to because we have evidence in Job yeah. that right, that's right. indeed true. And I, and I don't understand that. I don't understand how you can be cast out. And be and be Satan and be the prince of the, the the prince of the power of the air, but still have access to him. I, I do not. I do not. I cannot explain that. I don't understand that. But well, I mean, if the Bible says it, we believe it. So if he's not outside of God's, if he's not outside of God's creation, and God created him, then then only God, which in Revelations twenty and twenty two, when Christ comes back the second time. He's going to be cast into hell forever. Correct. Well, we then know that for will, a fact. Then he will have no answer. He will be to God gone forever. forever. Yes. We're. What? No. No. No, that's a done deal. Satan's yeah, done. Locked in. And just so you hear, can Satan repent? The answer is no. Satan cannot repent. No. Well, no. And, and the only reason that's true is because we see in Revelation, it's already been sealed Correct. that he's, he will be cast into the lake of fire. No, there was so. a teaching that came out, and we've actually got to stop at 653. Um, uh, there was a teaching that came out years ago uh, that there was a, it, uh, people tried to begin to say that there was going to be a post-mortem opportunity for salvation. Uh, that, that is absolutely false. Um, before you leave this world, 
uh, you have to make your decision whether or not you're going to follow Jesus. And so, so Satan's decision is a done deal, and your decision once you die, it, it's, it's a done deal. There's no going back. And There's that's no going why we've got to be really passionate about reaching people. Absolutely. For Jesus. Well, that's why Vacation Bible School. I mean, the whole, the whole reason why that, 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 that Southern Baptists have always done Vacation Bible School is we, we want to start out as early as possible. I mean, none of us, we talk about the age of accountability. We talk about when does a child become accountable for his sin, all this type of stuff. We, the scripture is not completely explicit about that. We talk about the age of accountability where there is a time when the child, you know, knows right from wrong and that's when they're accountable for, for God. But that is why we, that's why we begin teaching our children about Jesus. I mean, I mean, we read scripture to all of our children while they were in the womb. I mean, I don't know if you did that, but we did that because we wanted them to, to, to never have a time where they, where they hadn't heard the gospel. Um, so from the moment they're born, we, gospel, 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 in the hopes that at some point they're going to do what? Believe. Because we believe hell is real. And we don't want our children to go there. And that's why we, we, we evangelize them. So we got to stop. This is yep. great, but we got to quit. Yep. Um, you want to, um, somebody needs to look at the mission, the mission team for prayer? Oh, yes. Uh, I'll go get them. Why don't you go get them and I'll do yep. prayer. Okay. okay. All right. That is if they want to be prayed over. Surely they want to be prayed over, wouldn't you say? Huh? You'll take their play. <laughs> okay. All right, fantastic. Well, y'all help me remember next Wednesday that we'll start right here on the origin, of, well, it's now, of the Satan's unfallen state, and uh, Satan was a created being. We'll start right there. So, all right. Um, let's see. Pray for rain. Can we get an amen on that? Okay. Whose who's grass is turning brown already? You know, I don't know if it, the Mississippi Delta is not like this place. I don't know if it's because of the amount of rock we have around here, but you can have a four-inch rain and a month later have dead grass. And the Delta is not like that. If you have a good, strong rain, you, I mean, your grass will be healthy for, you know, a couple months, but up here, yeah, that's, that's kind of what, yeah, that's, that's what I figured, so... So pray for rain. Uh, Beverly Carmack surgery. As far as I know, everything went great. Is she still in the hospital? She, so she has gone home. Okay, okay, very good, very good, very good. Um, Wanda um, Delaney and Fred over here, Wanda says she has retired and she is trying to adjust to rest. Amen. <laughs> oh, Lord Please bless me with retirement. I will have no problem resting, I can assure you. Wanda, that's great. Congratulations. Let's see. Uh, Beverly again we have there. Okay, that's it. Just two prayer requests. Anything else that, has, um, that you've thought about since we've been up here? Yes, Walter. Okay, your grandson and his girlfriend have come down with COVID. Okay. COVID is surging for some reason right now. We've heard a lot of reports. I don't think we have one or maybe one or two church members, I think I've been told, maybe has COVID, but I mean, nothing like widespread, but, but just kind of be on the lookout for that. Are they coming? Well, they are having a real awesome moment down there, so okay. we don't want to ruin that. But rest assured, God knows exactly where they're at. <laughs> and uh, so me and Jeff are going to be the stand-in representatives All right, for the, the stand-in representation. Okay, and, good deal. Uh, and as you pray, just, just you know, be, be assured, God, okay. God sees the team. Hey, you so. know what? Where are they? They're down there in the youth room. In the youth room? Yeah. Like, 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 is it like? Teaching, having a deep moment. I mean, they I, were, I saw them like on the ground weeping. Are you serious? Before the Lord. I'm kidding. Okay. I, 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 I couldn't see anything in there. I mean. I just, I just wonder how they would feel if maybe we went to them. Uh, we would we freak them out? We might because they're in the dark. Yeah, I don't want to stress and, Clayton out. Uh, you know, he looks like they were having a real good moment. So. Was he up there chopping? Or no, he was wasn't it? chopping the wheat. I, someone else was, but I was just like, okay, this is a real spiritual moment going on. I don't want to. What do you think, Jeff? Should we storm? Should we storm the youth room or not? You'd leave them alone. Okay, all right, we'll leave them alone. <laughs> the school we'll, teacher we'll, says leave them alone. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll take we'll take Jeff. All right, well. Uh, why don't you, we've got uh, Beverly Carmack's recovery and um, Wanda is retiring. She, she's got to adjust to change and that's pretty much it. So why don't you 
pray yeah. all uh, pray over all that at the same time and then, and then include the mission trip okay and we'll call it a night absolutely okay join me in prayer guys father god we come before you uh just humble lord we know that you are extremely the most powerful god almighty in heaven our one true god you see all things you know all things but we know that there's an enemy that is strong and that he is waging war against your church, against you, O oh Lord, against your bride. And I know you've instilled it into my heart to protect my bride and my family, and I know it's in your heart to protect your bride and your family. I know that you love us, God, and that you will never leave us or forsake us. And Lord, when we've studied about uh, Satan tonight, O oh God, and, and how he is a real adversary, and we need to take him seriously, God. Um, when we've studied that tonight, it, it sobers me, and it reminds me to look up to you, Father, and to cry out to you for help in moments of need and struggle. God, we are living in days and a culture which you totally understand, oh God, is backward and, and, and bent and crooked and twisted. And there's been days like this before, oh Lord, but we do cry out, your people cry out to you, Lord, God, for justice. Lord, we, we cry out for clarity, oh God, in, in the midst of a generation that can't even understand what a woman and a man is. Lord, we cry out, Lord, for your hand of love and mercy and justice and firmness to support and to guide your people against this satanic flow that is coming our way in the culture, this, this satanic voice that is coming our way. You have given us the power Oh God, to, to thwart and to, to take down strongholds, oh God, because of the truth that we've been given in you, Christ Jesus. We can destroy every lofty argument raised against the authority of you, oh God, and your power. So I pray that you would give us confidence and boldness in you, oh Christ, to, to, to go forth and to speak the truth in love, Lord, to a world that's lost and dying and needs to know you, Christ. This, this is the time for the church to step up, O oh Lord, and to have a voice, not to back down and cower in fear in the shadows. I cry out to you, Lord, would you help us to be bold in that? And Lord, as I think about that plea, Lord, I, I know we're about to go on a mission trip, Lord. We're about to go up to Cincinnati where there's more lostness going on and there are churches who are struggling just to survive Lord, and I just plead to you right now, God, that you would make our efforts useful, O oh God, that there, would be, that there would be a great effect from, from us proclaiming the truth. And Lord, even if it's just us going to a door and inviting someone to come into an environment at the church where they can be exposed to the gospel, Lord, I pray that they would look on us with favor. Lord, that they would see our invitations and our pleas and our cries as, as an invitation to come, to see something glorious and beautiful, maybe something they'd never seen before. God, I plead that as we go. Would you bless our words? Would you give us clarity of mind and power in our voices? Oh God, to proclaim again the truth. To not shrink back in fear, but to step up in boldness and faith. Oh God, would you give that to us? Lord, would you give the teenagers control, self-control in the midst of their, their high energy? And God, would you give the older ones of us energy <laughs> in the midst of maybe over self-control. Um, God, would you help us as we go on this mission? And Lord, all along the way, would we keep our eyes focused on you? Help us, O oh Lord, to keep our hope and our eyes focused on you. There's gonna be moments where we are so dog-tired, Lord, because we've been walking around in the heat, we've been, we've been interacting with people all day, Lord, and there's gonna be a moment when we just wanna shut down and give up and go huddle in a corner and just sleep. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to put in that extra mile, oh God. I pray that, oh God. And Lord, I pray for these prayer requests tonight, oh God. So many people who are struggling and hurting, and you see them, you know them, you care for them, Lord. And I just pray that you would help them to know that you are present, that you are near. They can draw on you, they can, they can look to you with hope and know that you love them. God, they, they can know that one day we will shed these bodies that are frail and broken and dying, and one day we're gonna put on new bodies, Lord. I pray that these truths would come into their hearts and minds and give them encouragement and hope 
in the midst of their struggle. Oh God, I think about Beverly Carmack, Lord, would you be with her? Would you, would you give her these realities and help her to cling to them in hope, oh Lord, that you love her and that you're watching over her? Lord, I pray for rain. We need it, oh Lord. Uh, God, we are, seems like we're in a drought uh, in these days. And not only that, Lord, it seems like there's shortages of food and supplies everywhere. God, I pray for all of the mamas and daddies who are worried about formula and where they're going to get it. God, would you please bring back the formula, Lord? Would you help us to find it? God, would you help us to care for those who need to find it? Lord, as the church, to extend uh, a loving arm of care. But God, I do pray that you would bring the rain we need it, uh, even just to cool us down and uh, lift up our spirits a little bit uh, during this time, oh Lord. And God, I just, I pray for all of these things. Lord, please, would you, would you bless these requests? Would you watch over us? And again, would you help us to travel up to Cincinnati safely, our whole team, to have a great time blessing others for your glory and your sake, Christ Jesus, and bring us home safely again. And help us all to go outside of these walls tonight, ready to glorify you. It's in your heavenly name I pray. Amen. Amen. I meant to tell you all one thing right quick. Um, I failed to mention this. I have got a, a very long, a long time close personal friend of our families from the Delta uh, that we, I, maybe some of you have the situation where your mom and dad are such good friends with somebody that, that you, from birth, you think they're actually like a part of your family, like your aunt and uncle. And we actually called them Uncle Roy and Aunt Linda our whole lives. Well, uh, you know, my mom and dad both died years ago. Uh, both of Chris's parents are still alive, but his dad has been having some major heart trouble uh, over the past couple of years and has had numerous back-to-back -back heart attacks. So they took him into surgery to try to put a stent in to one of the blockages that was giving him trouble. And they, they got the stent put in uh, but then, in recovery, something happened, and his kidneys went into failure. And then when that happened, uh, not long after that, he got COVID on top of that. And so there's just been one thing after the other. They were doing dialysis, and about halfway through last week, I think, um, he decided that he just not, did not want to go through all of the medical stuff that was going to be necessary to, to keep him alive. And so he asked his family to remove everything, and so they're basically... Uh, just, just waiting, just waiting for him to, to pass. Um, so, pr pray for the Collins family, uh, the Collins family out of Cleveland, Mississippi. They are just a super, super sweet folks. Very community minded. They've, they're th four generations out of out of Bolivar County in Cleveland, Mississippi. Uh, just, you know, just been there their whole lives. Uh, uh, Roy's daddy's daddy started a construction company, residential, built it into a multi-million dollar. Uh, residential and commercial construction business and they, they just they've helped me so much through my life so just please remember them for me if you don't mind okay all right you're dismissed thank you thank you guys good night live feed people love you god bless